Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Intersections Matches Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. This is Justina, your host. I'm the founder of Intersections Match, the only matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on South Asian singles throughout North America. As a dating coach and matchmaker, I'm always interested in fresh perspectives from authors, researchers, and experts to help me provide unparalleled service to our clients. I'm very excited to welcome Heather Hans to our show today. On today's show, we'll be discussing Heather's book, The Heart of Self-Love. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thanks, Jasbina. I appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. And I'd like to start with finding out what led to you wanting to write this book in the first place. Thanks for asking. Uh, I... I believe and have seen and it's been my experience throughout my life that self-love is the the most fundamental key to successful relationships and that uh, that our relationship with ourselves is always primary no matter what relationship we're in with other people. And uh, when, when we have good relationships with ourselves, then we're able to have good relationships with other people, which is what a lot of people would like to have. So my yeah. own personal story and my um, my professional experience all led me to it. Well, wonderful. And I completely agree with how fundamental and how important self-love is. Um, you know, it would be great at the outset to um, be to define for our listeners, what, what do you mean by self-love? What I mean by self-love is doing everything you can on a moment-by-moment basis to show yourself compassion, respect, and self-care. So we all make mistakes all the time, and there's not perfection, but the more we can show ourselves compassion and the more we take care of ourselves, the way we would take care of an infant, uh, then the more love and attention we're giving to ourselves and the more we can grow and thrive. And it's important to, to have this self-love because when something is not well cared for, it grows like weeds and it infects everything around it. And so people who don't love themselves uh, infect other people around them because the the um, the dysfunction in their own lives hurts other people. So it's also a, a responsibility um, that we have, I believe, to take care of ourselves, not only for ourselves, but for other people's sake. 
Yeah. Now, let me, um, compassion, respect, self-care. Tell me about the concept of confidence, which I think is very related there. And what, you know, in your book, I know some of the main teachings um, are, you know, actually lead people to confidence. Can you can you tell us about that in terms of um, the teachings that lead people to that um, all-important confidence as well? Sure. So confidence, to me, I, I see confidence as kind of a, a two-part uh, thing where okay. one is confidence, having confidence in life itself, knowing that you are always provided for, you are always cared for, that life is basically a good, benevolent force that is abundant. That's kind of a greater confidence. And then there's self-confidence, which to me means that you, you trust yourself, you honor yourself, you believe in yourself, it doesn't mean you always, you know, like you never feel vulnerable or you always know what the right thing is to do, but there's just kind of like an overwhelming feeling of, I got this. And even Mm -hmm. if I mess up, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to move forward. And self-love requires you to focus on all parts of yourself, mind, body, and spirit, in order to have confidence. I've seen people who've been in great physical health but have had mm-hmm. men- mental health issues, for example, like low self-worth or dependency issues. I've seen people who've had um, who've been mental health experts, um, PhDs in mental health, but have had spiritual cynicism. And mm-hmm. and I've seen people who who have a strong spiritual core. They have a big loving heart, but their physical health is a mess. And when any any uh, one of these three parts of ourselves is not cared for, it um, inhibits our confidence. So my book is a map that shows people how to function on all three of those cylinders: uh, mental, physical, and spiritual health and confidence. Ah, you know, and it sounds a lot like faith in terms of having faith in life itself and and um, and in yourself. It, it kind of tell me, I can see how that would be so so important and so you, you know you said fundamental this that your definition of confidence to um, to health and relationships to the well being of health and relationships. So um, I'm wondering what do you see in terms of how a lack of that a lack of that confidence that you mentioned would destroy or kind of eat away at health and relationships. How, how, do you, how so? How do you think that happens? Sure. Um, and I love how you said faith because it is faith and people, um, people don't have to test faith. They don't have to go on faith blindly. If, if, if you look back at your life, you can see mm-hmm. that nothing has killed you yet and that usually the hard things make us even stronger. So, um so it it's it's a faith and trust that you've you've made it this far and you're going to keep keep growing um when people don't have confidence it destroys health and relationships because cynicism and pessimism lead to major emotional stress and stress is the number one cause of disease and mm-hmm. 
uh, also, when you're in a relationship, it's more complex than just being on your own. Uh, So when you add stress to a relationship, to a relationship, an even more complex system than just living on your own, it makes that relationship all the more um, complex and stressful. And so uh, anytime we, we are cynical or pessimistic, it, uh, which is the, kind of the opposite of confidence, mm-hmm. our, our health is diminished and our relationships are diminished because really every part of our life is the way it is because of the thoughts that we've had. And our thoughts create our life. Everything starts with a thought. And um, we've agreed to certain thoughts that we've had. Even those cynical and pessimistic thoughts, we've believed they're true, which is agreeing to them. And therefore, mm-hmm. they, they wreak havoc in our life. Um, so if a person doesn't believe that they can have what they want, or they don't believe in themselves, or they don't believe in good relationships, then they likely won't have it because you have you have to believe to get there in the first place. And I'll just give you a quick example, a uh, very concrete example, literally concrete. Say there's an architect who wants to build a building. They have to first have the, the idea of the building, and then they have to believe that they can do it. And then they get all the labor that goes into it and all the materials and everything. But if they never believe they can or they don't even have the thought, then the building doesn't get built. So it's the same thing. It's simple, not always easy. Sure. That, um, you know, that's, that is really profound. And I completely see that all the time in terms of, you know, with, with working with clients and their matches, this whole idea that, yeah, I think we're evidence makers. So like you said, our beliefs are really, they're creating, they are kind of co-creating our reality. And, um, you know, like you had mentioned, as you started out, confidence in life itself, if one's, you know, worldview is, right, that, then that is really going to, fil- you know, that's how we're going to filter everything around us. Um, so I, I completely, um, I could completely agree here. And, you know, I know you've said that self-love will will heal the world. Um, and tell us about that. That's a lofty statement, but I, I think, you know, I agree with you completely on it. So can you tell us about that? Sure. I do believe, I do believe self-love can heal the world. And the reason is that if every single person took responsibility for their mental, physical, and spiritual well-being, mm-hmm. um, in other words, loved themselves, their whole selves, they wouldn't tolerate war and violence for long. So when, you, when you're in a state of love, there are still conflicts that arise in the world and in, around you, and you know, life carries on, but it doesn't last for long when you're, when you're in that state. You find a way to resolve it, and when someone is not in that state, when someone's depressed or anxious or um, not taking care of themselves and a conflict arises in the outside world, they can kind of obsess on it or dwell on it or, or engage in the conflict with the other person. So, um, so it's, again, 
simple, yes, easy, no. I mean, it's a it's a moment-by-moment practice. But when you find yourself um, with the goal of, of love and being loving towards yourself, you just will not tolerate war because it, it goes against love. And whenever there's a war on the outside, there's a war going on inside of you. You can even take, um, for instance, let's say you have a conflict with a friend or an acquaintance or a coworker, um, and they do something that upsets you. Uh, that's like a little mini war going on. And mm-hmm. you can, you'll notice if you if you dwell on it and get really angry or make them wrong or engage in the the conflict with them it just keeps agitating you but when you say okay how can i use this experience to become more self-loving um you're immediately focused on resolving the conflict and that works on a macro scale too so we can resolve huge wars and national wars this way if everyone were to begin with themselves and it's so you know and it all comes together like i said if you have that view and that confidence in life itself um that's that's your filter and you'll seize those opportunities to resolve because it's aligned with your belief that everything is resolvable in that sense so i love that um you know for people and you know the show is all about becoming the best version of our authentic selves I wonder, what's your best tip for people who who really want to be the best version of themselves? Anything you can offer them, guidance in that? Sure. I I think this this may sound simple, but when you mm-hmm. keep tapping into your heart and that heart energy and loving energy, um, you will always be the best version of yourself. So you know when when you when you go about your day and many people many of us have these self-critical thoughts when you mm-hmm. keep tapping into that self-compassion that will bring about your best version and when you go about your day and you find yourself judging other people if you go into that loving energy and that compassion for the, towards them that will lead you to your best version of yourself Um, when you're going about your day and you find that you're feeling cynical and pessimistic just about life in general if you tap into the love around you the life the trees the animals every little thing and everything you can be grateful for that brings you to loving energy and when you're in a state of loving energy that is the highest vibration a person can carry on this earth and it affects everyone around them when they're in that state. So it's always coming back to how can I be more loving in this moment? How can I see the love? How can I give myself love, give others love? Um, That to me is being the best version of yourself. And, you know, you, you think of being in a loving emotional state. Um, you know, the polar opposite of a loving emotional state. When someone said, um, you know, said that a lot of physical health problems stem from a person's emotional state. 
So can you tell us about that? Like, what are some examples of, um, you know, that seeing that physical manifest, you know, from not being well in terms of an emotional state? Sure. A stressed emotional state can cause virtually every type of physical health problem possible. Okay. And the mind-body link has been researched and documented for decades. Um, so, so a lot of a lot of our physical problems stem from our uh, emotions, and we don't need to be perfect all the time. Of course, we're not meant to be in the state of bliss and happiness all the time. We're going to get stressed. We're going to feel sad. Those are all normal mm-hmm. human emotions. Um, but if we if we can tend to those destructive emotions as they arise, it will keep us healthy and keep us moving forward. There are times when we get sick or have a physical health problem and it's something that's working through our body and actually releasing. So I don't think, um, you know, I don't think it's always bad to have some health problem come up. Sometimes they're big wake-up calls too, but I, I've personally healed everything from thyroid disease to migraines to chronic back pain and more through um, healing emotional states of mind. And I've seen many others cause uh, physical problems to themselves and also heal physical problems by um, tending to their emotion. And again, it goes back to that confidence versus cynicism, worry, and pessimism. That's what I've seen the most. That's incredible. Um, I'm, you know, learning someone who, what would you say to someone who, you know, who really feels that he or she has, you know, done all the right steps, taken all the right steps to achieve what, you know, their desires, but, but still doesn't feel like they've quite attained what they want? What, what would you say to that person? If someone has has honestly feels like they have done the work and worked really hard to to achieve their desires and they're still not getting them the first thing i think of is surrender and when we surrender that's a receptive state uh western culture and american culture is very masculine and that masculine energy is always doing and working and achieving. Mm -hmm. And whenever we're in exclusively one state or the other, um, we're going to be imbalanced. So when we're always trying so hard to do the right thing, that's all masculine energy, and there's no room to let anything in. There's no receptivity. So I suggest surrendering and Letting letting um, yourself reap the rewards of all that hard work that you've done. It may not feel comfortable at first if you're always used to to working and putting out, um, but surrender and let let you, you could be surprised at what comes in. And then I would also say things take time to manifest in the physical world, so it requires patience. It's going back to that building, the architect who wants to build the building, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, He has the thought, he has the desire, and then certain steps need to be taken before the building uh, comes to fruition. And it's the same 
same in with whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. Just the things take time, and just because you don't see the end result does not mean it's not happening and that you won't see the end result, because you will. And then lastly, I would say keep moving forward and realize that the nature of life is abundant. You are always provided for If you think about times where you felt like life was ending, if you had some crisis in your life or some heartbreak or some devastation, in that moment you felt like it was the end of the world maybe, but Mm -hmm. something new came along and life continued and you got over it and you got well again and hopefully something even better came along. So um, that goes back to, again, the confidence and having faith in life and faith in yourself and um and you know you use your past as an example of that if you want to see that you really are making progress here and and um now speaking gears a bit too well it's all related but relationships and you know i've i've understand that you believe that everything in life boils down to relationships uh, tell us about that what do you mean by that So every single thing in this universe is in relationship with something else in order to function. The universe, if you look at the earth orbiting around the sun, if you look at the human body and um, all of the intricacies, the the heart needs to beat, the the lungs need to take in air and all of our organs are depending on one another. And it's the same with life, with our human relationships. Um, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others, and a relationship with something larger than us are really what, what everything's about. You can take any profession even, even if it's not relationship-oriented, and see how mm-hmm. it depends on some kind of relationship with something else. So um, learning how to be in relationship in a healthy way is what helps us thrive. And again, being our primary is with ourselves. If that's not functioning, nothing else will. So that's the primary relationship that needs to be in good working order, and and um, and then we can expand from there. And and in addition to starting there, because I do, you know, completely agree with you that we we start internally. We start with ourselves um, in that path to finding a soulmate, in that path to um, to you know attaining a happy relationship. Any other insights for someone who? who really wants to meet their soulmate and have a happy relationship, a happy romantic relationship. Yeah, so I believe that there isn't a one-size-fits-all formula for meeting the right Mm -hmm. partner um, Mm -hmm. and that I would say first to people, don't ever compare yourself to other people because what works for them might not work for you and Comparing can often make us feel inadequate and strip of strip sure. us of our confidence, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's a process really of self discovery. And the better you know yourself, the more likely you will know what kind of person and relationship suits you, 
and then you can attract it. So that goes back again to our relationship mm-hmm. with ourselves. And yeah. um, and no one can say what that is for you. Only you know that. So um, just really paying attention to yourself and, and honoring yourself and uh, trusting that you you can find that answer within yourself. That would be my biggest tip. Wonderful. And let's switch gears to, you know, physical health, because I know you, you mentioned how, you know, heart, mind, and, and spirit. What um, what top tips, maybe top three tips you might have for someone who wants to achieve, you know, a healthy, fit body, physical health? Sure. Well, the basics are always number one. That would be eating a balanced whole foods, organic diet, and uh, and also letting there be some space between your meals um, that gives your body time to rest and digest and rejuvenate, and it also gives you some mental clarity and um, and it can provide a lot of physical energy. Uh, lot, this is done a lot in European cultures, um, you know, eating a large meal and you know taking a break mm-hmm. in between. But he, in America, it's like everyone's on the go and just constantly grazing and there's never like, you know, a nice enjoyed meal and then a rest period in between. Um, The second one of course is exercise. And if you think about exercise, even if you exercise for an hour a day, that's actually not a ton of time. It may seem like a lot of the person's not used to exercising, but when you think about, all the time we're awake and that our bodies are really meant to be active. Um, it's not a whole lot of time, but it can go such a long way. And if a person isn't in a place yet to do an hour, just anything, just to start somewhere, um, it, it not only helps your physical body, but I know for me personally, it is my one of my biggest mental health um, remedies is running. It, it really helps you kind of process um, any kind of emotion going on. And then the third one would be to um, meditate and manage your emotional stress on a regular basis. And this could be going to see a therapist. This could be um, a spiritual practice. But definitely having some time to yourself without distractions to, to get clear and manage that emotional state like we were saying before, will help to prevent disease in the body. Absolutely. And, you know, what you, had, what you were mentioning in terms of that, of your emotional state and the exercise, and I've, I've, I feel like I've been reading a lot of research lately with respect to the impact of just movement, right? Just moving your body and right. being able to change your emotional state by doing that, you know. If, and I think that's incredible, again, in terms of the mind-body research. Um now, I understand that you made a major career transition from being a CPA to a, a you know, creative healer, author, video producer. And for our listeners who are likewise thinking that you know, the best version of authentic self may, may manifest in seeking doing something different professionally or as their life's work, what advice might you have for, for people wishing to you know, follow their passion or their heart and, and switch professions? Well, I I get this question a lot because I think 
in the end, the heart wants what it wants, and Mm -hmm. people want to do what they love. And overall, I say go for it. There's no point in being alive to do something you don't like doing. And we all come into the world with gifts and strengths and talents, and we are meant to be using them. And not only do we benefit from doing that, but the world does. Um, so I say, first of all, absolutely, if if a person is feeling that calling in their heart to switch professions, that it's the right thing to do. And another thing I would say is that there will always be challenges and obstacles, even if you love your work, even if you make that change and you're doing mm-hmm. the work you love, there's still going to be probably tons of challenges and obstacles, but what an achievement it is to be able to say there's nothing else I'd rather be doing than this. And that mm. that gives you juice to be able to override those challenges and obstacles. Um, so that that's my advice. Go for it and and love it so much that you can and will override those bumps in the road that will inevitably come. I love that. And in terms of overriding those obstacles, those bumps in the road, what are some of your favorite you know, success principles that really you know, support someone in doing that? Well, I read this the other day, and I thought, this is so true. This has been um, mm-hmm. really true for me and a lot of people. Someone was saying that action comes before motivation, yeah, and I really yeah. believe that. Yeah, you, if you could wait around forever for the motivation, but actually, what helps you get motivated is to act. You know, if you think of, let's say, in the morning uh, when your alarm goes off and that's your exercise time, not many people feel motivated to wake from their cozy sleep and start <laughs> exercising. But once once you do it, it feels so good and it motivates you to keep going. So I'd say act before waiting for motivation and then set your standards high and believe that your wildest dreams can come true. You have to believe it. And every great person on this planet who has achieved great things for themselves and for the world has believed in the impossible. I love hearing stories about people like Walt Disney, who was told that he didn't have a big enough imagination to make it in that business or Oprah Mm -hmm. Winfrey, who was told she wasn't fit for TV. You have to believe. No one else is going to believe for you. You have to believe in you, even if it sounds like just wild and out there and impossible. And then work hard. There's just no substitute for working hard. You'll never find an Olympian athlete who made it there without putting in the hours day after day. And... Uh, lastly, another thing I've been really learning lately is to keep going despite failures and rejection. There's working hard by putting in the hours to do your work, but there's a, a deeper internal work that comes by um, moving forward despite failures and rejection because that's a part of being successful. You're just going to have to fail and be rejected many, many times. And the more you can um, move through that, the more likely it is that you're going to be successful. 
Wonderful. And this action comes before motivation. I think that applies, I, I tell people, that applies to confidence too, right? Kind of a commitment to that because, you know, sometimes, you know, it breeds it, it confidence. Actually doing something, seeing your ability to do it and get to the other side of it, I think that comes before actually having them. That confidence in some ways, it's, it's amazing. Um, what, what would you tell someone who you really wants to be their best? But the struggles, and they struggle with, you know, depression, they struggle with anxiety, really find that coming in the way. What would you tell that person? Well, this links to what you just said um, so well, because I know for me in my own life, the way I've, the, the way I've gained confidence is by acting first. Like you said, it's always, mm-hmm. yeah. whenever I don't believe in myself, I put myself in the position to do what I don't believe that I can. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and then I achieve it. And it's like, okay, what's next? What else don't I believe yeah. in with myself? And so someone who has depression and anxiety, for, first of all, I just want to normalize this because everyone mm-hmm. sometimes feels depression and anxiety. It's... Um, you know, it's normal to feel down sometimes. It's normal to feel fearful. You are not the only one. Everyone feels that way. And to have that self-compassion again and acceptance of yourself in the moment, right there as you are, um, that you don't need to be anything better, anything different in that moment. That in and of itself can heal you and move you forward just accepting yourself as is. And then um, the more angry and frustrated you get, the more depressed and anxious you will feel. It's like a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you can heal from anything, and life is constantly moving and in flux. So I would say just what you said is that, you know, do the action. And sometimes the action is being receptive, like that that feminine energy of, um, Mm -hmm. you know, let yourself receive from other people. Let yourself receive from the divine. Um, But but know that you're moving, you're changing, you're growing. You are not stuck as a depressed person or an anxious person. Um, That life is always changing. And when people commit suicide they they are so stuck in that moment of being things being black and white and mm-hmm. that time is not changing that they can't see past that but it's not life isn't like that it's always moving things always get better I absolutely and you know this whole idea that you we are not we have our feelings and we I you know I agree that we, we need to express our feelings and own them but they don't define us so you know if we are depressed we are depressed, but we are not, we, if we are feeling depressed, that is one thing, but we are not depressed, you know, like, sometimes yes. I feel, you know, when I think of this, I, I think it's so much when it's decided, they actually believe that that is what they are, and like you said, it's not dynamic, that, that, that becomes a static thing, like, I am my sadness, so I am the hopelessness of what yes. I feel in this moment, as opposed to, you know, in this moment, I feel, you know, but like you said, it's dynamic, exactly. and, and, and there's a flux, um, you know what? At the end of the day, what what truly makes people happy? What have you found in terms of that? You know, I know happiness is what we all want. What what makes people happy at the end of the day? 
The biggest thing that I've seen that makes people truly happy is connection. And this goes back mm-hmm. to everything boils down to relationships. When we yes. feel connected to ourselves, when we feel connected with others, when we feel connected to the divine, we feel happy. We feel peaceful. Fear, depression, anxiety, addiction, all of those things stem from feeling disconnected with one of those sources, either from ourselves, from other people. Um, There's some kind of isolation going on when we feel any one of those things. Um, Addiction, uh, spirituality has healed so many people from addiction, and the reason is because um, when someone's caught up in addiction, they feel very disconnected, and they feel disconnected from that life from from a divine goodness and um so they feel isolated and they're trying to help themselves by numbing Mm -hmm. out those bad feelings but it it stems from that disconnected feeling so anything we can do to strengthen our connection is what makes people happy that's what i've found and um and I, I believe, you know, I've found that with so many people and in my own life that um, when we're connected, when we feel a part of something else, that we are happy, belonging. And, and speaking of connection, and I want to end with this question. It's fun. What, is, what do you believe is the most life-changing tip we're having those fulfilling relationships that really add to our sense of connection. Any Yeah, well, probably no surprise, um, but when when you treat yourself with love, mm-hmm. you will bring loving people and loving relationships into your life. Your outer world reflects your inner world, and you teach others how to treat you by the way you treat yourself. So the more you love, respect, honor, and show compassion for yourself, Mm -hmm. the more likely you are going to have people in your life who do the same. And you can easily, you know, I like people not to just take my word for it, but experiment with this and Mm -hmm. see when you how people treat you differently when you are treating yourself with respect and love and compassion and and how they treat you when you are not doing that when you're not giving yourself self-care there are many people who who are who have really big hearts and they treat everyone else well but themselves mm-hmm. and then they wonder why mm-hmm. they're stepped on like a doormat it's because they've taught all these people that they're really not worth taking care of because they're not taking care of themselves. So it doesn't matter how much love you give to another person. If you're not giving it to yourself, um, you're, you're, not going, you're, you're not teaching people to, to give it to you. We're, we're bigger role I, models than we realize. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's so empowering too, right? Um, that, you know, we, we value ourselves and we teach people how to value us and we value others as well in doing that. I love that. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us, Heather. And I'm wondering, is there any last thought or take-home message you'd like to leave our listeners? You've given given plenty of insights. Any any last thing you want to share? Oh, thanks so much, Justine. I I would just say 
for everyone to remember that this is life, despite all its imperfections, it's perfect right now in this moment. And um, there's not really, my mom once said to me, there's there's only one final destination and I don't think you want to be there. So <laughs> <laughs> um, if we, you know, to seize seize the moment and realize you are loved and lovable and there's a perfection to life right now. Um, that would be my final, my final two cents. Well, thanks so much, Heather. It's been an absolute pleasure. And in case you've joined us late, would like to join this, uh, share the show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Matches website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. And Heather, would you like to share our website with our listeners as well? Sure. My website is www.heatherhands.com. That's what you asked, right? I think did I yes. misunderstand yes. you? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So they could even know where to find you for some more of your insights. And uh, wonderful. And uh, please sure you're hanging out with us, everyone. Enjoy the holidays and make sure to join us for next month's show. Take care, everyone. <laughs>